Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Armstrong. My guest this week, Noah Kagan, fellow Austinite. Actually, I don't know if he's an Austinite. He lives in Austin. Well, I guess that makes him an Austinite. Uh, this dude, I tell you, and I, and I confess it in the middle of this podcast, like I've never sat across the table from somebody who's a guest on this show um, that shares a really sort of weird similarity in that due to their own bad decisions, they lost $100 million or more. Wow. But uh, but he did, and uh, and he lived to tell about it. He's gone on to be super successful. He, he himself has a great podcast, uh, has a great young company called Sumo.com, um, and just, just a lot of uh, fun stories. I think you'll find it interesting. But before we get to Noah, I, I don't know why I almost apologize for this every week. I'm going to stop apologizing for it. My son's football team, the Westlake Chaparrales, are just kicking ass. They uh, they won another playoff game, won the third round. They beat uh, beat the team seventy to fourteen. Uh, Luke played great, and we're on to the uh, to the fourth round next weekend down at the Alamo Dome. How about that for you people listening? Like Texas football is crazy. The the this playoff game is at the Alamo Dome. If by chance, knock on wood, we could get to the state championship, it's at Cowboys Stadium. I mean, that is some Friday Night Lights shit right there. So good luck to Luke and his teammates and everybody on the Chaparrales. Um, look forward to next uh, next playoff game. Uh, one other thing before we get to our new feature, the Survivor of the Week, is uh, Higgs and I were in New York City last week for a couple of days. If you guys follow me on Strava, you probably saw that I did a run or follow me on Instagram, you probably saw that I posted a picture of the 9-11 memorial. I had not ever seen that before. Um, that is, uh, it feels weird telling you that it's unbelievably beautiful because at a place where, you know, obviously the the origin of that or the reason that it's there has nothing to do with beauty, but um, what an incredible uh, memorial! And, and anybody in the, in, in that goes to New York, I, I strongly encourage you to go down and and just spend some time down there, see the names uh, around uh, the memorial. It um, it it was it was uh, inspiring to be there. And then, of course, which was I didn't even think about this. I was running down there, running along the bike path on the West Side Highway, and and. Uh, you come across, not to be morbid, but you come across these eight or nine wreaths where this, this fucking wingnut who ran these people over on Halloween, you see that. I mean, it was a heavy run. I only ran like five miles. I felt like I ran through 500 years. It was, it was heavy. Anyways, on to more inspiring things. Our survivor of the week is, this email comes in from David Cox. He, he, he sends it in uh, talking about his wife, Allie, about... 15 months ago, was diagnosed with this uh, um, extreme case of breast cancer. It obviously led to an immediate uh, mastectomy, two surgeries, seven months of radiation and chemo. Uh, they have two children in their teens. Allie's an, uh, is a uh, is a elementary school teacher. Which forget the fact that everything I'm going to tell you about her makes her a hero. If you're if you're an elementary school teacher because I have two kids in elementary school and I see their teachers, I'm like, these people are heroes. Like, they don't get paid shit. They deal with a bunch of snotty-nosed brats all the time. So, Allie, congrats on surviving cancer, but the fact that you're surviving every day with a bunch of seven-year-old kids is amazing. Um, but but through this process, she didn't expect to be uh, – nobody, of course, nobody ever expects to be a cancer survivor, but she certainly didn't expect it. Um, but with her history with uh, with dealing with children, she came across Camp Wapiapi. And Camp Wapiapi is awfully, obviously something near and dear to Anna and I's hearts. Um, we've, we've devoted years of our lives uh, helping them raise money and visiting the camp. And what makes Allie special is that she would like to be a camp counselor this summer. So the camp is in Estes Park, Colorado, outside of not far from Denver. Um, but so her summer plans, right? So you, you spend the whole year working with kids as a teacher. The upside is you get three months off. Um, and what is she going to do? She's going to go spend her time with more kids at Camp Wapiapi in Estes Park. 
Um, Allie, thank you so much. Uh, continued good health, continued good luck. We're all pulling for you, thinking about you. And uh, David, thanks for sending that in. As we said last week, so this is a new feature. This is, uh, I guess it's actually week two. Uh, send in your nominees for Survivor of the Week uh, to the same email address that we've used forever. The forward podcast at wedosport.com. And also, too, you can send whatever the hell else you want to say to that email address. The forward podcast at wedosport.com. Noah Kagan coming up. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week. Whose dad has forgotten their name? Um, Your dad. He was an interesting guy, I'll tell you that. Uh, All our families are interesting. You know, everyone's like, you ever talk to people like, yeah, I got a weird-ass family. I'm like, everyone's is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, came from Israel, didn't speak English. Sold, wow. sold uh, was it, carpets and rugs at Macy's. And then, uh, yeah, ended up making a lot of money selling copiers. You remember those? I copiers, do. like fax machines and shit. Um, he ended up blowing a lot of it on drugs and drinking and all this stuff. Uh, so it was pretty wild growing up around that. Mm. And then he married my mom, who is the complete opposite. She was this, she's still like the prototypical Jew mom. Like, oh, you're going to talk to Lance. And then you know what she's going to do tomorrow? When's the episode coming out? Tell Lance to put it out. Tomorrow. I know. So, it's is it really out. coming out tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to do it tomorrow. Right, let's edit all this stuff out. Let's. <laughs> so, but hey, I can say, I can, I can say on the record and for a fact that I've never had any, I've been doing this podcast for a year and a half and I've never had anybody on in the year and a half uh, that, that, uh, that sitting across the table from me has also lost more than a hundred million dollars because they were a fucking idiot. <laughs> so this is the first. Yeah. Is it like a mirror? Um, so what we got to talk about it. I mean, yeah. uh, everybody listening knows how I lost more than a hundred million dollars, which is neither here nor there. And we should also also talk about whether or not we'd change that. Cause I wouldn't change it. You wouldn't. No, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. But we can talk a little bit about me. But so, did you lose uh, like a hundred million or like more? You know the exact amount. More, but it's we're talking about okay, you. Okay. Oh, okay. Because you're employee number thirty at Facebook. I know. Yeah. I read. I read your your blog on your on your site. In fact, I, I signed up for your site. You got my email and everything. Nice. Um, What's and you your email? It, it's like baby guy bike writer fifty five yeah. at Hotmail. Yep. It said you said I'm sick of telling the story, so I'm just going to write it, and you can you can point people to hear the story yeah. yeah uh yeah you know i was just talking reverse some of the thing i think the thing that was crazier for me sometimes now is seeing how rich everyone got mm. like imagine now like the guys that we just went to drink with or played poker with are now billionaires and uh it's crazy like one of them posted on instagram about a few months ago about how his mclaren rims got scratched or something and then another guy bought he's a, a shitty driver yeah and then another guy bought a hotel and i was like i was like dude i've got a great scooter and <laughs> You know, so I, it was a, it was a hard experience. It was one of these things where like, it was everything to me. So, you know, similar to your experience right. where, um, I literally, that's all I did every day, seven days a week. And then one day I got taken to a cafe and I still remember it very vividly. And just two people were sitting with me and, uh, the Indian guy and this guy named Matt Kohler is now a big time VC. And, uh, they're like, we're letting you go today. And I, it wasn't on the stage of some of the things that have happened to you, but it was definitely like, holy fuck, this is not real. Right. And uh, yeah, it was very uh, traumatic, man. Very depressing. And at the time, so your employee thirty there, yeah. but, but by this time there was all of a hundred employees there. Uh, I think when I got let go, there was about one fifty. Okay, so still small, but yeah, was the sense inside the building that this thing is gonna work? So yeah. you got let go from something. It's not like you were like, eh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. You were like, okay, this thing's gonna work, and I'm not a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it was my full identity. Mm. And then someone takes away your identity and then the question becomes like, who are you? And I remember being around Mark. One of the things I would say is that he had a, just a huge vision. Mm. He was like, we are going to take over the whole internet. And I, I remember this phrase and I actually use it in our company, but he always said world domination. And we would cheers to domination. A, those are a couple of big words. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, this guy, you know, he's a 23 year old kid at that time uh, with just a huge vision. And he's like, yeah, we're going to be the toll booth to the internet. And that was just something like, you're, you're 23. I'm like thinking about boobies, you know, and like playing around on the internet. Uh, and he just was a big vision and he like hired the best people I've ever seen hmm. and brought them all together to make something happen. And so, yeah, that, that day where it was taken from me 
And I, and I think he actually made the right decision. In retrospect, years later, I was like, they did the right thing. Right. Uh, now that I run a company, I'm like, oh yeah, I would have fired me too. But yeah, it was hard. I just went home that day and bought a pack of cigarettes and started smoking. Uh, and then I, I lived with all Facebook people. So I packed up everything in my car and then uh, I moved back to my friend's couch. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty, that was, uh, that was a rough day. And then it was just kind of like depressing for the next few years. <laughs> a friend of mine, I'm going to read, it's easier to read this to you because uh, uh, a friend of mine, because if, if you read about being an employee, you being employee 30 and being let go, there's varying reports on what that would be worth. Let's just call it 100. There's other reports of 185 million. So Blake Chan Lee was an early employee there. He's a buddy of mine. I said, what would, how much would it be worth to the number 30 employee at Facebook? What would that be worth today? He says, it would depend on a bunch of stuff, including the level of grants. Did they sell on the way up? Refresh history. I, it, but I guess it could be anything from a couple of million to seven or $800 million. Fuck. Dude, I get it. Okay, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm, I, no, I feel like I have a license to say this because I, yeah. I know what that's like. I know, what, that's, I know what, that's, what that feels like. I know what it's like to have to adjust your life and to take down the burn and, and, and change expectations within your family and just, a, you know. All of it. All of it. Wow. That's intense. What was Zuck like? Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, was he, like, I mean, if you work at Facebook now, chances are you don't hang out with him or talk yeah. to him or even see him. But when you're yeah. 30 people there, obviously he's yeah. just like standing around. Well, when I was, he uh, seems a little nerdy. He, oh, he's super nerdy. Yeah. He's like, he is a genius. He's definitely yeah. very gifted, uh, socially awkward. Like if you think about why would someone build a site to, to check out girls all day, right? You got to be a nerd, right? And yeah. that's why he built Facebook. I worked at uh, Microsoft in college as well. And I got to meet Bill Gates. I got to go to his house and meet him too. He also seems nerdy. They're basically one and the same. Yeah. Except Zuckerberg is Jewish. Um, it's totally so are you. Yeah. Uh, so you can say that. <laughs> we're both Jews that date Asians. I'm just putting that out there. Anyways, um, yeah, he was just, he was very gifted. He was very isolated, like very, you know, I think one of the things that he did that I, I don't really see a lot of other people doing, even to this day, is that he thought a lot. I just remember at him, he would just be at his desk just like writing and just thinking. And I think a lot of us these days are just talking probably or just like doing a bunch of stuff. And I think he thought more about the strategy hmm. and like the overall process of things more than most people do. And so, I mean, you, the thing is, now we forget, history is just funny how we recreate it in our minds. Uh, but at the time, MySpace was winning. And all these other sites were actually bigger than them. Right. Uh, and this guy was just right. so clear in his vision and just was like hardcore about it. All the listeners are like, whoa, MySpace? I haven't thought of MySpace in forever. <laughs> Who the fuck? Wow. And then the other thing I love about your story is, is, is and I don't know if this is truly a true story, but that every year you decide to conquer some new hobby, uh, skill, task, and you hire somebody to help you do it. One year it was ping pong, which uh, yeah. you're a ping pong. Shoot me. What do you mean? You don't like ping pong? I, w uh, not, I mean, never in my life have I woke up and said, God, I can't wait to play ping pong today. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but, uh, and I certainly wouldn't do it for a year. Yeah. But so ping pong, chess, yeah. mountain biking, which I guess that's this year, year. this yeah, year is mountain biking. biking. Yeah, I think it's, been, I think the, the, the thing for me with learning a new skill is more of like finding an expert or a coach yeah. that's already kind of gone to these promised lands and then how can they come and help you? Yeah. And so it's just finding something that, um, I think one of the things with these activities, a lot of it is just going back to high school or elementary school and just thinking about the things I enjoyed. Like it's for you, you started biking because you just had fun with it. Yeah. Eventually it becomes a career and all this other stuff. Uh, but me, I loved biking. Yeah, And so it's like, oh, let me find like experts to help me with biking or I have a chess coach. Um, and then I, right now I even have a fantasy football coach, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, but yeah, just cool. for picking a new activity. What I do each year is a bucket list. Yeah. So I already started my bucket list for 2018, which is just like, what are the working things, personal things and workout things that I want to accomplish? Yeah. Just going back, because I think for the listener, they'll appreciate this because in one of your blogs, um, and for you guys listening, you should... You should go to Noah's blog. It's okdork.com, which is an amazing name. Okay, like, okay, like, yeah. dork, D-O-R-K.com. But in one of the posts you were talking about, and I think also, too, not just for the listener, but for young entrepreneurs and people that have their businesses, you know, when a company goes from 50 to 500 to 5,000, the people that got you, you know, the first 50 got you to a certain place the next 450 
got you to another place, and then the next 4,500. But those are not the same people. So you have them broken down into three different groups. I, I'm probably yeah. screwing this up, but you have them. One of them is a doer. One of them is a... a explain that. I, that was more for me uh, at Facebook. And like now that I've hired people with, uh, with Sumo, which is sure. our business, um, there's basically like when you start a company, you just need anybody. You need anybody with the brain just to like go do things. And then stage two is generally you're going to find someone who can like is smart, but they don't understand it. And now third stage, what I look for is like, how do I get people who can teach me? So in just any different aspect, like how do I have someone around me that I'm like, oh, I get to learn from you. Yeah. Um, and so I think at Facebook, just coming back to that story and just maybe one of the lessons, there's, there's two of them. I think one of the lessons is that, you know, people, there's bad things that have happened to both of us. You know, some yours may be a little bit more public. Um, maybe. <laughs> just as maybe. Uh, you want to trade? <laughs> do I want to no, trade? We're, we're not trading. I wouldn't trade with anybody. Really? That's interesting. We'll talk about that on your podcast. Okay. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Um, but I think that the message that I try to share is that like bad things are going to fucking happen. It happens that people listening probably like maybe they got a hangnail or maybe someone cut them off or maybe they got fucked some other, other way like with their billing. I don't know. And it's just like, but life goes on. Right. And I think that's the message I try to remind myself like, hey, your bad things are going to happen and how are you going to make it better for the future? Um, so yeah, then the, with the Facebook experience, it was like, yeah, I wasn't able to grow with the business. And I was the bigger, another lesson for me was I was so consumed with myself. Mm -hmm. Like someone emailed me a few days ago, like, how do I get famous? And how do I get a recognized? And I'm like, don't just go do things, right. go make products, go do athletics, do whatever it is that is actually like accomplishing something people, instead of just trying to yeah, go speak. Yeah. People will find you. Yeah. If you're legit. Yeah. And I think at that time in my life, I was so consumed with just, I wanted recognition and I wanted yeah. credit. And it was Mark's show, and Mark created that. But the so. crazy thing, because in the same blog, you say, you, you admit that you were selfish, that you put yourself first, but then you also list the, it was the six or seven most important things in your life. And the most, number one, was Facebook. Big time. And number two was myself. So you had, you had them flipped around, yet you couldn't, you couldn't recognize that when you went to work every day. Yeah. Which is, you know... I mean, we were I obsessive, how, man. It's, yeah. it was a, it's a cult of geniuses at that time. Hmm. You had people like, I mean, a lot of the guys now have gone on to create a lot of successful companies. And I don't know how Mark was able to do it, but I think because the vision was so strong and so clear. Uh, and then he brought on people that were just 100% committed. Hmm. And everyone was like, this is all we do. We had people who were PhDs doing customer support, like doctorate people hmm. from Harvard doing customer support on a, a, like a website. Was Sean crazy. Parker there then? I got to meet Sean briefly, and I got to meet Peter Thiel briefly. Sean Parker is kind of a wild child. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> you might say. I, the only thing I remember with Sean, the only story, I don't even know if I've shared it ever. He comes in, and I'm hanging out with Mark, and he comes in, he's like, I got this business idea. I'm like, oh, dude, great. He's like, we're going to sell bedazzled jeans. <laughs> like the jeans with like stickers on them and like the diamonds or whatever. I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be big. I'm like, cool. Bedazzled jeans, dude. That's it. Anyways, I guess that was a shitty story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they never but, did it uh, he didn't do the jeans but it definitely it seemed to the extent like he was like the the firecracker like he yeah. had this spark of like let's go do some really big things yeah parker parker yeah yeah he, he and, definitely had the, for the uh, listener who doesn't know i mean he 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 hit the arc of his story is unbelievable starting napster having the entire music industry turn against you having people hate you and he shutting you down and then all of a sudden he reappears as a billionaire in like the facebook movie yeah and he, you know he's one of the earliest investors in spotify yeah well uh, there you so go so it's kind of like it's interesting i think people like this journey stories mm. the hero story like oh they succeed they rise up and then they fall and then they come back let's hope they like those stories yeah. <laughs> let's hope yeah i hate it when the guys like that fall up the ladder it's so <laughs> fucked up the um did you in that movie i just have to because you know well, being the, the person that's had a movie made about him where you watch and you're like, well, that, that didn't happen. And that, none, that didn't, you end up saying yeah. that didn't happen like 50 times when at this point in your life, you should have no problem saying, well, that, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. Which I haven't I, seen the movie. I, you didn't see it? No, not yet. Not I yet. Just, it was, it's like five years old. I know. I just saw Titanic. Cause I already know what happened in the movie. I don't know why everyone got so excited to see it, but it was, it's pretty good. Titanic. My, my woman, we were driving down to my son's playoff game yesterday. So she and I've been telling her for years to watch this documentary, the Amy Winehouse documentary. And so she finally downloaded it. And, and I probably talked about it on this podcast. It's amazing. So she finally, she was going to watch it on the drive down because the game was in Corpus. And I said, you know how it ends, right? <laughs> She's like, you're such an asshole. Hon the, she died. She's dead, right? 
She's dead. Dude. Like I OD. Wait, hang on a second. No, she OD'd. Right. She she had a lot of problems. But but it's a great it's a sad story. It's obviously we know the ending, but it's she was hugely talented and she was young and beautiful and, and she just had a lot of problems. Yeah, it was fucked up. But download it. Speaking of document, have you seen Pantani? Have you watched that documentary? I haven't. Higgs, have I seen that? I haven't seen it. Oh, for biking? No, I know. You like biking, right? Is it on? It's not on iTunes, though. I don't know if it's on iTunes. It's on Netflix, but basically Marco Pantani, like, it's his story. And I've, like, right. never heard of the guy. Yeah. But I think about him sometimes. Yeah. You uh, look a little like him. Yeah, he's got pointy ears and he's bald. And bald. Yeah. I don't, Holy I, shit. I'm like the I, Jewish I, Pantani. I didn't think people could come back from, like, Pantani Steen. Hans, did you ever meet him? I, of course. I raced against him. Yeah, yeah. good dude for years. Um, he was an he, Marco was an interesting guy. He he, I don't know if he was a good dude or not because we couldn't communicate. He was Italian, didn't speak English. I was American and spoke very little Italian. It, we, we did not, we didn't get along. But I don't know that that would have been the 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 situation if we could communicate and if we could spend time together. And it was just so adversarial and the media jumped in and made it so much bigger um but another another tragic story i mean very similar to amy winehouse and um the interesting thing about pantani is that and i've heard this for years is that his mother wants to meet with me wants to sit down and talk and so but in, in, a, in a you know in a very friendly way and so and i think she wants to clear up some confusion that is in and around that relationship that, that, um, you know, that the media built up. So we'll see. He was, he was, look, Pantani was one thing. He was a star. He was the, he was the biggest star. What's, I have my Lanzarita. Is it a Lanzarita? Yeah, this is my special. You like dude, throw out the water? It's seven something. What the, it's, it's 745. <laughs> what do you think it is? Han, what's in a Lanzarita, by the way? Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> lime juice tequila cointreau and, and topo chico Ooh, it's amazing a little sneaky i'll make you one sometime all right all right but anyways no, but I'll, I'll check out pantani we got totally uh diverted here but anyway what what were you gonna say uh <laughs> no we're talking about tragedies i mean we're talking about you know overcoming obstacles yeah. Yeah. And I think that the interesting thing is like for them too, I wonder why they decided to go that way. Yeah. Right. Like for you, it's easy for you to go and like head, like hide in the sand or like hide yourself. Right. But in the you're kind of doing a little bit of the opposite. Uh, it's, you know, it's been five years, but, um, we, I, I think I laid low for a while and then, and then, uh, you know, that's a neutral or a defensive place to be. And then, you know, starting a podcast and, starting the company and, and getting out there again, traveling, giving speeches, um, doing interviews. I mean, that's playing offense. But, you know, there comes a time when, when th there is a time for that and there's a time not for that. And so now maybe five years on, that's why, you know, that's, that's the time for this. You, one thing we were talking about for on the drive over here is that you were in like a hyper-competitive world, mm -hmm. right? Like super, super competitive. And so we were wondering, like, do you compete in everything? Like when you walk or when you're using the restroom? I was just wondering, like, because your life was, your life is using like, a restaurant. How do you compete going to the bathroom? Like, sometimes I want to get up before the other guy. Okay. No, anyway, this is a shitty example. But the point, I guess I was wondering, like, with your life like that, like, did you keep doing those things, but just in your personal life? Yeah. Yeah. I was super, I was, this, whose podcast is this Sorry. anyways? This is a question for your podcast. Okay. I'll so. tease it and then I'll answer it on your podcast, but I, okay. I've gotten less competitive, but, um, but yeah, everything, a red light that goes green as a competition. One small story, and then I'll elaborate it on your show at some point. One year, Anna was, I think she was pregnant with Max, our, our first kid. And we were playing uh, like almost like a, uh, a kickball in the backyard. And she's fully pregnant. And she's trying to steal first to second, and I take the ball. And, I, and, and, I, and I'm like, what's she doing? She's trying to steal on me? And I... I threw this ball. <laughs> no, I'm not shitting you. I threw it as hard as I could. And I nailed I didn't hit her in the stomach, but I, but I got her good. And she, and she stopped and she was like, are you fucking crazy? I am carrying. Yes, I'm stealing. Second, but I am carrying your baby. And I caught myself and I was like, 
Oh my God. <laughs> I am an idiot. But nothing, no part of me, when I picked that ball up and went to throw it, no part of me said, don't do it. Every cell in my body said, throw it. And I was like, whoa. I mean, so I hope that answers your question. All right. Last question I got. Okay. Last one. No, it's, so Ian just had a kid, one of our friends who's hanging out with us. I'm curious how you were raised because obviously you, I don't know what your And so I'm curious how you were raised and then how that, uh, how is that similar or different to how you've raised your kids? I mean, because like to become to your level, that's a lot of dedication. Super different. Super different. Can you share yeah. some stories or how that's been? On your podcast. Okay, fine. But I have five kids and, and, and I didn't have, I had an amazing mom who was very involved in my life and I never really had a father. My father figures were my coaches. So, you know, that leaves a mark with a kid. And so with, I have two boys and three girls and, and I've just decided as a father that I'm a different guy, you know? And for the listener, uh, and I posted this on Twitter today, my son, every, every, I talk about my son every week on this podcast because he's plays football at Westlake and they're undefeated this year. We just went through the third round of the playoffs. They won 70 to 14, but, and this is like Friday night light shit. They, they have like broadcast every night. The game is replayed on TV the day after. And at halftime, they have a featured uh, player that does an interview. So my son is, he's 18, but when he's at the house, I'm like, How's, how was school? Yeah, it's good. What are you doing tonight? I don't know. Well, how do you feel? Mm, okay. He doesn't say anything. He like mumbles. And so they pick him to do this interview. If you'd have told me before, Luke Armstrong's doing the interview tonight, I was like, dude, good luck. You won't get him to say anything. He was... He was on there, like, I asked him, I was like, did they give you something? Like, you were, like, he could not stop talking. Like, it was just, it was, un, and, and, and what he said made me so proud. Like, it was just, he talked about his team and his teammates and the morale of the team and how hard they work and their rituals and their coaches and what they've learned from their coaches. I was like, is this the same kid who, like, mumbles every time I ask him something? Fuck. It's awesome. Uh, it's 10 minutes. You should listen to it. He's, okay. And he's the sweetest. He's 6'3", 250, plays left tackle for Westlake. And we are just kicking ass. Fingers crossed they make it. When's the next game? Next Saturday. San Antonio against uh, Cibolo Steel. So two more games, and then we have the state championship. For the people who are listening, like, Texas football is uh, life. I just walked, I drove by the stadium over on Lamar. Dude, it's crazy. That's actually yeah. on my bucket list to go to a high school game. Yeah, the House Park. Yeah, is that, is that the stadium? That's House Park. That's yeah. a very old football stadium. That's we live right by there. So okay. that's but that's a small stadium for Texas high school football. I mean, these kids are playing. The state championship is at AT and T Stadium where the Cowboys play. Think about that. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, man. Do you worry about your kid? Okay, I'll stop. No, I. I you should stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. You ask me on your podcast. I will. Okay. What about this? What about this? Is this legit that one year? Uh -oh. <laughs> Wait, am I missing something? I don't know. One year you gained 40 pounds intentionally. Yeah, that happened. Just so you can go lose it. Or no, it why do, why would anybody want to gain 40 pounds? <laughs> Unless you're like a, you know, never mind. Um. I was thinking some funny jokes. Like, you ever have friends that start yoga and you're like, hey, what's wrong? That's like my first question when people start doing yoga. Um, I started doing health and fitness like maybe six, seven years ago mm -hmm. after I got, I got dumped. You ever done the worst ride? You ever been to Worst Fest? It's like a, no. It's like a beer and brat fest. And so there's a bike ride here. It's 60 miles down there. And we're on the worst ride. Headwind was strong. Okay. I'll admit that. There was yeah. a lot of really strong headwind. And during the ride, I couldn't do it. I was getting so tired. Plus, I was very hungover and out of shape. And my girlfriend was like, look, this is over. We're breaking up today. I'm like, on the ride? On the ride, she said that? I got dumped on the ride. Anyways, and then she's like, you're fat, you're lazy, you went out last night, you were drinking, which was all true. And the next day, I think there's really interesting things when you actually listen to feedback. And what you want to do with it is up to you, but feedback is a gift. And the next morning, I was like, you know what? She was right. So that's what started my health journey. Um, and I think you kind of keep evolving things. You want to keep growing and trying to keep it interesting and learning. And so about two years ago, I was like, I want to see what it's like to get really bulky. And so my idea wasn't for... With wait, me, wait, wait, define bulky. 200 pounds. Fat. So, soft or hard? Well, I mean, what kind of... It bulk? was pretty soft. So, okay, Pudgy. That, that's okay. 
Uh, so I was 150, 160-ish, and I was like, well, I want to six months to get to 200, and then in six months, I want to get back to a six, I want to get to a six-pack, which I've never had before in my life. And uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks to work hard. <laughs> it's not a, it wasn't an easy thing, um, and a lot of it is sacrifice. And I think ultimately, you have to figure out, like, what lifestyle do you want to live, and is this really the way to, to serve it? But yeah, it, it's ironic because you think it'd be fun to eat that much food, but it's not. Right. And it's not, I guess it sounds like a little whiny bitch. Like, oh, I have to eat all this food. So did but. you, yeah. So you just, you just said, I, you stopped working out and just started. No, no, I kept working out. I worked out and ate a shit ton of food. So I had to eat, wait, do weight gainer every day. I don't just eat whatever it is that I could. Like any nachos, I love nachos. Um, and eventually I hit the 200 pounds. I think I had like a day left before I hit it. Wow. Really? I don't no, know. I, I eat can't. a bunch of food. It's like there's a there's biggest loser on TV. They do it. They're really well at this. No, I, I love that show. And tacos are a big deal. Speaking of food that could sure. make you fat. Yes. What even even the 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 you don't have on your on your blog on okdork.com, you don't have like most people have a they're saying five things that have, you know, it's like a dot, you know, and then they yeah. say something. A dot. You have a taco and yeah. then it says something. And then like a sub taco. I mean I just like tacos, man. I had them for dinner, actually, at Fresa's over by, I guess, by your place. So, buddy, my family keeps that Fresa's in business. <laughs> I'm not shooting. Dave? Dave's True. He's, we eat, just for the listener, we eat more Fresa's in Austin than anybody in Austin, Texas. We got to get the show sponsored. Could do. Fresa's. Sponsor Could do. the show. Yeah, it's, we live like two minutes from there, so we're always down there, the case. We have breakfast tacos from there. We have the the chickens they make are amazing salt what'd you do eat outside because it's not a sit down yeah they have the one on south first Jeez. yeah we don't have time for that because i want to be here by some what where are the taco places you go you do taco deli so so that the, the other place in austin that we keep in business <laughs> is taco deli <laughs> and we get all this shit from favor which our family for the listener who doesn't live in austin actually favor is in other cities too but favor is this app where you can just like i'm doing ads for these people yeah seriously like sponsored um, by favor well, no, but this is, well, it, 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 I'm not, this is our life. So favor for you all at home who don't have favors, like if you need, uh, you know, a, a, a McDonald's, whatever, they'll go pick it up. They'll go get anything. They'll do you a favor and go grab it. So our family favors phrases, favors Taco Deli. I love Taco Deli. You're going to tell me it's shitty? No, I love that shit, dude. Taco Deli is like okay. my gym. I, if my girlfriend's cool with it getting catering or a wedding, I would consider it. Believe it. Wedding? I'm going to a wedding in January catered by Chipotle. I'm just telling the kind of friends I have. One thing I... So you're getting, are you getting married? Uh, we're probably going to get engaged next year. Does she know this? Yes. Okay. I got the, you want to hear the weird conversation? She's going to know now. Uh, she'll hear it on this. I had a weird conversation I had with her parents. Her parents are Vietnamese. Don't speak English very well. Great people. I had dinner, uh, breakfast with them last Sunday, and I'm sitting down with them. And they don't speak really... You know, their English isn't great. I was going to say it's not very good, but that wouldn't be proper English. Anyways, and they're like, what's your intention with our daughter? Who asked that? Do you ever got? Do you ever ask? They know that? the word intention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good word. So, what's your intention with? And then we talk about it. And we're like, hey, we're gonna move in together. We're looking at a house in, in Soco. Um, kids, dog. We're gonna get a dog, a corgi. So, yeah, we already talked about it. So it's kind of it's an all American question. life, man. But one thing that was tripping me out is you were talking about favor and all these kind of things. Like, I don't know if people really realize how great life is. Like, I literally on my phone hit a button and like food shows up at the door. Right. Like we're like living in a fucking amazing time of like so much cool stuff happening. And I noticed for myself, I'm not always like appreciative of it. Right. So I was like my mo like moment of like gratitude. So everyone listening, go have like a little, have like a little bit like, oh shit, what's really going on? That's great today. I tweeted this thing out again. I don't know why I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about Twitter yeah. a lot today. I don't tweet anything at all ever anymore. I'm done. But today I put up like three tweets. <laughs> and the first one I put up was this Noel Gallagher who was, he's on this underrated or overrated show. Have you seen this thing? Yeah. You know who Noel Gallagher yeah, is? Oasis. Fuck yeah. Pitchfork, yeah. So, but I've seen a couple of other people do it where they sit there and they ask, they basically ask you. So his first one, they were like, Kanye West, underrated or overrated? So you answer that. And then, you know, donuts. They asked him, you know, driverless cars, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and of course, he's Noel Gallagher. So he says, whatever. And that was my tweet. I was like, okay, my number one most desired guest is now Noel Gallagher. Like he will say anything. But he had this whole rant about, you know, driverless cars and how they built the pyramids without electricity and we don't need all this bullshit. And, but you're right. I mean, it, we could have basically anything, anytime. Yeah. Shit's good. <laughs> no, life is good. Like if you, one thing I've been I doing agree. the last like month, give or take Jewish people, we love complaining. It's like, we like making money and we like complaining. That's our two, two skills. 
And that joke did not go well. So um, <laughs> one thing I've been trying. All the people at home are laughing. They're laughing. They're laughing. That's good. Yeah. They're smiling. Good. That's what, If they're smiling, they're enjoying it. They're learning. Um, but my mom, she loves to complain. And, and, and I love my mother, but she's, she's just like skilled at this. Like she'll talk about something. You know, I went and had dinner and there was a fat person. And, you know, I'm finishing. I'm like, why did you even have to say that? But she, she has to throw it in just to give you context. And so for the past <laughs> month, though, I've been trying no complaining. Like yeah. I'm just not trying. I've been doing it. And it's actually, you realize when you're not complaining all the time, you're like, man, I'm just looking to make things better. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting same with the gratitude stuff. Just try it for people out there. Try like a no complaining day or a week or a month, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. For me, it's Pigs, been going Do well. I complain a lot? Never. <laughs> I don't complain that much, as much as I used to. I think if you're asking, you might. No, no. Come on, bro. I just, the, the, this is my, you know, my, my. Oh, you're turned off by complainers. Yeah, I, whining, complaining. I'm just, if, if, if you get around that kind of energy, I'm out. Like, it's just, I can't, I cannot be around that. That shit just, no way, man. Hey, what happened to the, uh, uh, <laughs> this is a serious question. Okay, don't, 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 yeah. don't laugh. What, what, what did you ever do with that orange Jaguar you used to drive around? Oh. This is another, so you want to hear. And I'm going to tell you who told me this story when you're done. But I do, so I, I bought a Jag. Uh, it was well, like an orange Jag? Yeah. I, basically, I call it small penis syndrome. If you have like, like a really, real, like orange, like truly orange, or like, yeah, like burnt orange. Mm, That's okay. clean, dude. Keep going. It's clean. Uh, no, I, you know what's funny? I put this out on my podcast, and then in retrospect, I was like, God, you sound like a whiny bitch. That's mm. how I felt when I put after I put it out. I'm like complaining about how I had this really great car and I didn't really like it. And I was like, who does that? I don't know. It just seems strange to me. Put it out in retrospect. But the the moral of that story was that I think we I bought this Jag. Uh, I thought it'd be so great and all these things and life would be better. And a lot of people do that. They're like, I want to start a business or I want to do all these things to make all this money. And then they get it and then they still suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got the car and I, you know, I think at the end of the day, one of the bigger takeaways for that whole experience is that I just don't give a shit about cars. Yeah. I don't drive that many places. I bike to work or I scooter to work. Uh, and if I drove a lot or I cared about it, like my buddy Ian loves Miatas. He's got like, what, six now? Six Miatas. He loves cars. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's like racing thing. Yeah, yeah, those those Miata people. That's like a whole. Yeah, that's like a cult. Well, I, I think the bigger uh, the bigger. Yeah, Miata people they're freaks. Uh, <laughs> but the the bigger takeaway in general that I think the the overall message that that I learned from that was that go spend money where where like you spend your time or things that you're really excited about. So if you sleep a lot, go spend your fucking as much money as possible to get a nice bed. Right. If like I bike a lot, so I went and got a Yeti. Like it's a great bike. It's a five thousand dollar bike, and that's like almost as expensive as my car now. But like the jagging and that shit, like I just don't care. And so that was a good like experiment where I think in the future I would have rented it, like use Turo.com or another service to try it out. Realize I didn't really give a shit, and then not waste all the money and the time about See, it. See, so this story came through Ryan Holiday, who's an <laughs> alum of of this podcast and a good buddy of mine. And but the way he said it, and this was of course over text, so things get lost in text as we know. But he said, ask him about his orange Jaguar, and it was like orange, like. I thought, I thought it was like bright orange, but it, you're telling me it was more, oh, we have a photo. Yeah, I'll show it to you. We have a photo. Yeah, so I, I thought it was like a gimmicky, like, like that's like saying you're, his neon Range Rover or something. I mean, I will say, so my, I just got the new iPhone, but my old iPhone was the pink one. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what I've tried to do in life, I do my best about it, because I think it makes life a little bit more flavorful, more hot sauce, is that if you have two options, go with the bold. Mm-hmm. If you have two options, go with the bold. So like pink iPhone or orange car i don't know it was just like a little bit more interesting that dude that's pretty orange yeah yeah it's clean this is on your instagram at no kagan that is uh that's not what i had in mind wow no it looks good the f-type jag is a sick car but instead of going out and having to buy the whole thing and deal with leasing or whatever the hell it was you can just go on turo for like 100 bucks a day or 200 bucks a day to rent any car you want seriously yeah turo's awesome from somebody that has the car in town yeah so there's like bentley's on it now and like i don't know if there's ferraris but porsches and like Hmm. i rented a wrx was a few months ago Hmm. wow what what's up with sumo because the the thing i have a couple questions about sumo one what the fuck is it and two (laughs) who you know aren't we past the point in technology and in society where people pay millions of dollars for a domain name and because you yeah. If, it, if it's to believe, if uh, what I read here today, listening in, or studying your life, is that you paid $1.5 million for sumo.com. Thank you. That dot com, that, that, that's $1.5 I didn't need you to say the whole thing. No, yes, yeah, sumo.com. <laughs> that's, that's not nothing. No, it's a lot. 
That that's a lot. I mean, I thought aren't we past? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I know back in the day, you know, sex.com sold yeah. for some astronomical number, but yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, there's. It was a lot from that one. I don't. I'm not. I don't have like affinity towards Sumo, so I actually tried to originally call it the company App Taco, and it was taken. And then I tried to do like App Monster that was taken, and so App Sumo was the first thing that was available. Okay, uh, we were in a bar, Tornado, in San Francisco. So I'm not like oh, I love Sumos and stuff like that. Um, but the story about the domain is more. It's like there's some really interesting takeaways for me. It was like one, I just really wanted it. Hmm. Really, unlike that that car, that the name was just like it signified to me that like this is the definitive company and like. If you're a major brand like Coca-Cola, Slack, right. Yahoo, know, Yahoo, fuck, sorry about that one, Google, whatever it is, you know, the Facebook, now it's Facebook. They all have the main brand. So it took me seven years of emailing them or calling them every three months yep. uh, to eventually get the name. Who had it? Uh, Some sumo wrestlers? No, actually, interesting enough, it was the uh, third largest newspaper in India, the Hindustan Times, huh. the founder of it. So this guy is like super rich. Uh, and so... Yeah, I tried to buy it in 2010 when I started the company, and it was like he wanted 250, I offered 50, and he just kept raising the price until one day I was like, "Look, I can give you a million and a half. Uh, you have until like you have two weeks to make this decision. Otherwise, I'm never going to offer it again." Yeah. Um, but I think the things that are interesting about it, just for other people, one, there's always something. There's always a solution. We talked about no complaining. When we bought the domain, we didn't pay a million and a half up front. We paid half a million up front, and we pay 16,000 a month now for the next five years. So there's always kind of a creative way if you really want something to maybe figure out a way how to get it. Um, the second thing that, that was really interesting about it is like, you know how there's buyer's remorse? You hear about this, but everyone knows yeah. buyer's remorse. Yeah. I have like buyer's orgasm. Where oh, like every wow. time- like, Never heard say, of that. Yeah. But every time you say sumo.com or like, you know, you're, you're, you have the phone call and they're like, hey, what's your email? I'm like, oh, it's no, it's sumo.com. Like, I just feel so good. Um, I think there's a, it just, <laughs> I feel more happy with the decision every single time I get to use this thing. Um, I do think there's a bigger like business question if domains are going to be as valuable. I'd say not. I don't think domains long-term are going to be as important because like mobile yeah. apps, yeah, yeah, because apps and things like that um, have taken that away. But, you know, I persisted for a long time. I was very, like, I kept bugging these guys and eventually I got what I wanted. I'm, I'm super happy about it. I know. We, we face the same thing with, because I mean, you're talking about, we're talking about brand and talking about domain names and the URLs, et cetera. But so with WeDo, we're, uh, you know, there's a WeDo.com. It's like a... a the Chinese people? No, it's a PR slash strategy company in in uh, New Hampshire, and so I'm always like, I'm like, I'm I'm old school. I'm like, why wouldn't we go buy WeDo.com? And and there was like, no, no, no. The you know the domains are dead. It's, we're all moving to mobile devices, and we, that is all true, right? Yeah. So eventually, we do what would have been WeDo.com is going to be on an app, right? So so just save the money and and. Uh, but so we, anyways, we, we went with we do dot team, which I actually really like. I thought it was a spam email when I got it from you. From, Did you get it? Well, from Mark. No, you emailed oh. me. It was like, Mark, I was like at we do dot team. Yeah, that's our new. Dude, we're going to, we're going to, all right, we're starting a GoFundMe page so that you guys can get the we do.com. Let's really? do this. Yeah. Let's, let's help Lance. <laughs> we'll raise it through charity to help you guys get their old domain so you can get it, man. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, any, anybody, anybody no, at the small... No, no. So if you're ever trying to buy a domain, never use your name. You can't have no, it's you guys. Well, so we're just going to edit all this out, I guess. Yeah. Let's but the, but this, the problem with WeDo for, for, for this discussion that we're having is that if you type in WeDo on Google, they don't pop up. The yes, first sir. thing that pops up is us and me and what we're doing and this podcast. And so they're well aware. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. Let's talk about the, the one thing I love this, this, and I got to look at this calendar because it's just, it just kills me. This the idea of time management and also being able to not only structure your day, but figure out what goes in the day. So basically yeah. what you say yes to, what you say no to. Yep. And this whole idea, and maybe I'm just sensitive because you, you live in this space that Ryan Holiday lives in and Tim Ferriss lives in and Gary Vaynerchuk, like all friends of mine. But this, it seems hot. Like, how do you figure out what to say no to? Like, what, it's easy to say yes. Yeah. And if you say yes too much, then the calendar, you know, obviously isn't manageable. Yeah. With 24 hours in a day. Yeah, we all have the same amount of time. I think that's right. forgotten. Right. Like, you still sleep, I sleep, you know, anybody, you know, these super... That's not true, though. No, that's like, not true. Because people, like, I need nine. 
you might need five. And you and we're the same per like that's your that's your you wake up after five hours of sleep and you are fully yeah, yeah. recharged. If I wake up after five hours, I'm a piece of shit. So that's not true. So you get I'm just I don't know if you need five or, yeah. or fifteen, but you would need you'd get four hours on me. So I need I'm a sleeper. So but Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the point I was trying to make there is that we all have some time available in the day. And I, I think the thing that I always wonder is why are some people able to get a lot more done? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure you have friends in your life and people you know in your life and people listening can think of someone immediately where like, yeah, they're always busy, mm -hmm. but they don't seem to ever get anything done. And it's because they're probably not working on the right things. Yeah. I do know some people. I won't name any names. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think my calendaring and productivity is it's an evolution and I keep iterating it and trying new things. I think the number one thing that I'd recommend for everyone listening is that just look at your calendar on Sunday. So I'm a, I'm a big calendar. I like planning. I'm like, oh, sex, 7.30 p.m. to 7.31. You know, it's not in there. Uh, it's no, no, but hang on like, for the listener because then they can find this. I'm, I'm going to stop you because yeah, I'm staring at it. I've been staring at it the whole time. It's killing me because I love my calendar. But this is on your, this is on your blog, okaydork.com. Yeah. For example, Saturday morning, 9 to 10.30, girlfriend time. 6.30 to 10 p.m., girlfriend. There's all these other things on here, too. But, yeah. I mean, you're scheduling girlfriend time? Yeah, I send her the calendar you invite. you want me to remind you? No, 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 I know. I send her the calendar invite, though. I mean, that, she gets the calendar invite. That you know is I mean? unbelievable. <laughs> no, so, that is a I mean, man who likes today. to schedule his day. Well, yeah, if you don't schedule it, someone else is going to schedule it for you, or you're not going to do anything. I think it's also a function of, like, I get anxious if I'm not doing things to yeah. some extent. yeah. And so this gives me rele like releasing that tension because I'm like, oh, I know it's going to come up. And I think one of the, my friend Adam says it from uh, my buddy Adam Gilbert says it really well. He's like, looking forward to things to some extent is almost one of the best things in life. Yeah. Like a vacation. Sometimes a vacation is way better than actually you ever get to a vacation. You're like, oh, damn, planning it and thinking of it was better. Right. Like New uh, Year's Eve. Yeah. It always sucks. It's always like. Does it? I think New Year's Eve is one of the most, one of the biggest disappointments of the year. You, you where are you going to go? What are you going to wear? And then you get there and you're like, okay, this, it just, it's always a letdown, I think. But right, we're going to fix Everybody in the room is nodding. Really? Uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. Except for you. Well, I, I think, it, how do you create a New Year's that you're looking forward to? Okay, what would be your dream New Year's? Let's walk through that. Like, make it any way you want. Well, here's the, here, here's, here's the, the biggest, the single biggest problem that I, ha I have with New Year's Eve is that you have to stay up till midnight. <laughs> and I like to go to bed at nine. <laughs> so that kind of says it all. Yeah, my, my ideal New Year's Eve would be with my, uh, with Anna and my kids, and we'd be doing something fun on a beach. It, but it'd be six thirty or seven. I'd be having a lanzarita, and I'd be in bed by nine or nine thirty. And two and a half hours later, they're shooting fireworks, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'm having a great night of sleep. <laughs> How's that sound? I like that you're you really into sleep. Love sleep. Yeah, love it. And the whole sleep thing—it's one thing to be into it and to need it. But now the way you can really study it and analyze it, yeah, you know, so much of what our society has now, and you really see it in endurance sports and in other sports, but now people are breaking down everything, right? They're breaking down whether you wear an aura ring or you, you get that little pad under your mattress where they know exactly how, or they know exactly the quality of your sleep. What's your setup like? I got none of that. I just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I see the pillow. When I see the pillow, I'm still walking. I'm still moving, but I see it, and I'm starting to. It's it's crazy. I love it. I'll tell you about it on your podcast. Yeah, we're gonna talk. Uh, but 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 hang on a second. I want to go. I want to go back to this thing of saying no because and I'm not gonna name any names. Uh, but but one of these people out there in this space, you know, who's all about uh, saying no and telling people how you say no and. Uh, I got uh, the, the, a friend of mine, Thomas Dimitrov, who's the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, who was on this podcast as well. Another alum wanted to get in touch with one of these guys. I'm not going to name any names. And I mean, he's, he's the general manager of, of an, of an NFL squad. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm me asking, I'm like, surely, you know, that's not a no. The answer came back like, could you put in context what he would like to speak about? I'm like, what kind of fucking question is that? He's the Falcon. He's the GM of a major sports organization. Like, what? Like, come on, don't, 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 don't play me like that. But it is interesting, though. You probably respected the guy, but either, do you think he was a dick or do you respect him more? Um, the the former. Yeah, 
Yeah. I just think that's a, 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 anyways. Well, it, it is interesting, right? Because mm. there's a, like everyone, uh, especially the more known you get, the more like attention people want from you, mm. the more time they want from you. I get that. But this is, I'm not calling for my son's uh, flag football team. <laughs> and I'm the, uh, and I'm the, you know, the, the mailman. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I thought, I thought there was this triangle w- would have been like, yes, love to get on the phone. Like that to me, that's not a, that's not a, it's not a no, or it's not a like skepticism. It's just like, okay, sure. It depends on your relationship with him and all that shit. But like, to me, my first thought is like, one, there's something interesting that he's got. I don't know who the fuck it is. I have some guesses, uh, but he's got his other priorities that this maybe doesn't line up to. Yeah. But I think there's a friend thing. But at the same time, like, I actually like that to some extent. Like a lot of times, one of my favorite things in emails is I'll say TLDR, too long, didn't read. When people give me their life stories, I'm like, I just like, I can't read it. If you want to send a short something that I can read, then I'll respond to you. Um, if you text me about the Falcons, I'd love to talk to that guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> you said him to me. I'll talk to the guy. I, told, I, told, I wrote him back and I said, look, I screenshot it. It's like, I don't think it's going to work. But by the way, there's a lot of guys in this space. Like, and I told him, I said, I mean, I, I talked about Ryan Holiday. It's like, now I'm going to tell him about you. Yeah, let him know. Plus, the, the owner of the Falcons is a Jew. Uh, sorry. Everyone, like, <laughs> Jews, lo- Jews love doing this, by the way. Oh, you know Harvey? Yeah, the, the cousin was a Jew. Um, anyways. So what I do with my schedule is on Sunday, I still do this religiously. Every Sunday night, I basically do two key things. One, I just look at my week and say, what do I not want to do? Yep. And I just delete it. And what I, things I noticed I was doing, like I was doing these, some of these interviews on other shows and I'm like, it's just not worth my time to do like these micro interviews. They're nice people, but yep. it's not worth it. But like hanging out with you or like a few other ones that have like sizable audiences, I can do that. And I'm looking forward to that. Yep. I think that's probably the key indicator for me in my week. What am I looking forward to doing? Uh, and then the second thing I do on my week's uh, is that I basically write like, what are the three things I want to do for work, workout and personal? Right. So I just do that every single Sunday. Yeah. And then I review the previous week and then I say, all right, well, here's what I'm doing this week. And then I put it in my calendar and schedule everything and I go make sure it happens. The only thing you manage that or somebody, I do it is myself. there a gatekeeper? No, I do it myself. I, with meetings and stuff, I do have an assistant. I think if you don't have an assistant, you're missing out. Assistants are one, they're way more affordable than you think. They're like, mm-hmm. you can for like 20 bucks an hour mm-hmm. and it saves you an unbelievable amount of time. That's the only asset that's like non-renewable in our life and the most important one so if you can do anything to get time to do the things you really want mm. pay for it so i pay i have this amazing assistant jamie i love her so she does some scheduling she'll do flights she'll do refunds whatever it is so there's like a site time or you can use like fiverr or upwork or whatever get assistance man um but yeah i do most of my own scheduling i'd say the other thing that helps me with my calendar is I have a lot of things on auto so every monday wednesday right. saturday there's going to be a gym day and then every like, you know, just certain things, if I could have more default decisions, like, you know, you're going to go to Fresh's for dinner. So the more that you have those kind of things already planned out, then the less I have to think about that. And I can spend time thinking about things that I want. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I... Wait till you have kids, man. Yeah. Then that's going to be a whole nother layer. Like, what, I mean... He just had a baby two yeah, days so ago. You, two, well, ago. wait till they get, you know, then, then it's dance class and basketball practice and, and you know, school drop off. And but, I mean, it, it is, it's next level. More, yeah, and more nannies. Yeah, my, the lady friend said no. On the kids? No, 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 kids she's down for. But I was like, hey, how many nannies can we get? And she's like, none. I'm like, I'm, we're going to raise the kids ourselves, which is great. Check back the first three months. Yeah, we'll see. No, I, we want help, but she's like, I want to raise the kids ourselves. And I, I think there's something beautiful about hard work sometimes, like yeah. doing your own dishes and doing your own shit work sometimes. And then taking care of your kid yourself instead of just oh, passing it off. God, I hope my kids listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, the crazy uh, thing about they that... They do listen. They need to listen to this. But what the problem with the kids, though, because I'm, I'm still a kid, I've got a parent, is that we don't appreciate everything you guys did for us. Mm. That's the problem. Like, Ian just had a kid. Uh, my mom had a kid, which is me. You have kids. Mm-hmm. But, like, how much work did you have to put in for 18 years on these guys? And they're like, fuck you, dad. You're a dick. You're like, I wiped your butt. You know, like, yeah. I fed you when you were crying. No, but they come back around. And, do and, they? Of course. I look at it like an investment. Like when I took my mom out to dinner like two weeks ago, she's like, you can't pay for dinner. I'm like, look, this is your return on your money. You put a lot of money in for two, 18 years. Now I'm paying it back. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, I could be your stepson, man. So uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, uh, the only thing I'll say to you as, as, or Ian, who's sitting, your buddy who brought us sitting here is, is you don't, you don't have to have an Annie, but when, when, when with a newborn, if you have the resources, the night nanny, is the greatest investment you can make. Like the fact that the mom and the dad can sleep. I mean, just because, not that it's obviously if a mother's breastfeeding or whatever she gets up, but 
two parents that are both exhausted and you got a new little one. Like it just, it's a vicious cycle. It doesn't, we've always had a night nanny and that that's like, I'm all for it. Real, real talk. Have you tried the breast milk? Cause that's like the next level. If you're trying to get real like peak performance, I don't know if everyone knows about that. Really? Well, you can tell us about it and I won't, I'm going to not answer the question, but you can tell us all about it. <laughs> next question. <laughs> I was going to, fuck, I was just going to ask you something. I forgot. Scheduling. I mean, can I finish one other thought on scheduling? You sure can. You can finish all the thoughts you want to finish. <laughs> I think what I've noticed with a lot of people who don't get things done or they're not moving as mm -hmm. fast as they want to, because uh, they don't have a clarity of what they're trying to accomplish. And then when things come in, they're saying yes to too many things when it's like, does this really, is it towards my goal or not towards my goal? Yeah. And then they just take everything. And then so they're never actually really doing the bigger chunks towards their goal. And for me, it's like I have certain goals in my personal life and in my business, and then I can allocate my calendar. I'm like, how much, you can see there's color coding. How much is it actually moving towards my main goals? Yep. So. And how much time do you spend a week on Sumo? So the way that I've been structuring it these last six months, uh, and I, I keep revising my calendar, seeing like what's helping me accomplish the things I want to accomplish. For the, it's, you know, the 80-20 thing everyone sure. fucking talks about. I know it on, from a diet perspective. What do you mean? Well, just, I mean, I try, I try, not that I ever do it, but I try to eat 80-20. So 80% of the time you eat, you know, high quality, healthy, organic food. And then 20% of the time you can fucking go to McDonald's or whatever. So you have a monster? Never. Dude, by the way, for the, we're, we're on, this is an audio podcast. We don't have video. Noah walks in with a monster energy. I'm like, are you really drinking a monster energy drink in, in the forward podcast studio? Like that, that has never appeared in here. Someone said you were sponsored by that man. Negative. <laughs> Negative. I, I wouldn't even know what that tastes like. I bet that shit, Seriously, yeah, catches shrinks. on fire, dude. Shrinks my testicles, definitely. Um, <laughs> man, uh, I don't know what the burning is. What were we just talking about? We, we, we were talking about spending time at sumo. Oh, sumo. So, the way I look at it, same thing with your diet, is that four days a week I work on my main thing, that's my only thing, nothing else. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is four days, that's 80% of my time, yep. and then Friday is my fuck around day. So I do my podcast, I do YouTube, I do experiments. And what I found from that is that it's quicker, it's more nimble, and it keeps me stimulated. And then I learn things I can bring back into the main fold. It's the same thing with Google. If you actually look at their 20% time, that's literally just one day a week. Uh, so I recommend that for all their companies. Like if you're doing marketing, do four days a week of what works, one day fuck around or one day experiment, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call. Mm -hmm. uh, and so far that's worked well for me. Hmm. Well, it's so funny because with the 80-20, I, I, read, I read somewhere where you were talking about that. I thought you were talking about diet. To me, that was always a diet thing. Truth be told, it's more like 50-50. 50% 50, 50. <laughs> 50, 50 healthy food, 50% really shitty It's like food. 30 minutes later, he's like, all right, fuck it. So 10, what I do 10, is 90. I, yeah, I just, I, I just, just kind of eat whatever, and then I exercise a lot. What, what is your diet right now? It's shitty. Like, what's a day of dieting? We drove back from the football game today, and I was like jamming on barbecue chips, and we pulled over to get gas, and I got like a dub bar with almond chocolate covering. It was awesome. Didn't get the kids any. Really? No. That was not popular. <laughs> <laughs> True. Then, and then True what, story. Then when, when you're like hardcore training, like what's the diet like? Uh, it was this, again, for your podcast, but it was, okay. it was a classic European diet. It was very heavy on carbohydrates. If you're riding six, seven hours a day, four to seven hours a day, you have to have carbohydrates. So all this, you know, paleo, about this and that, that that would not work for trying to train to win the tour I mean, you have to have carbs so heavy 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 on carbs i remember what what i was going to ask you yeah man so because you had on on your podcast I, I listened to part of it but you had a, a an npr producer on there that yeah. told you how to and it was interesting to it was a little inspiring actually listening to the first part of it and then coming into this because his big thing he was trying to coach you on how to have a podcast that has a hundred thousand downloads per, which in our space is kind of a, you know, kind of the gold standard. Yeah. Um, but his first thing he said, which is obvious is the hook. Like you have to, in the first minute and a half of a podcast, you have to get somebody hooked. What else did you learn? What are, what are, what are we fucking up here? I think I got you hooked because I got just, to, I'm going to brag on myself a second and then you can <laughs> tell me every, then give me the cliff notes on everything else he said to say, but the fact that we both were idiots and lost more than $100 million, how can you not listen to that podcast? Yeah. That's a lot of money, and people love it when you say that you're an idiot. Uh, to me, that was the hook. What else did he tell you? So I think the one thing that we talked about, and you, you mentioned earlier on, which is really is right on, which is like go find someone who's already done it. 
Mm-hmm. Go find the coach. Go find the person in this different field. Go find if it's business, if it's like health, if it's whatever kind of thing you're trying to improve on. Uh, so I basically went and looked at the top 10 podcasts. One of my favorites is Planet Money. So I hit up the guy who's their producer. Hmm. Uh, and he came and basically like he went through my episodes and he walked me through like how we would actually, how NPR would do it. And I'm like, look, these are the top 10. If you go, they're nine of the top 10 podcasts for NPR, NPR related. Uh, so the main things that he said is that one podcast, that medium, you have to be aware of what the medium is. YouTube is different than a blog, which is different than a TV show. Um, most people are going to do about 30 minutes or less. So if you have an hour and a half conversation, it's either going to be like Joe Rogan, who's already super famous. Right. So people will listen. He can poop on it yeah. for half an hour. His, his listeners are a given. I mean, they're embedded. They exactly. Just, yeah. But if you're trying to, if you're trying to write, like for me, I'm trying to reach a new audience. Right. I'm probably not going to do it if I try to do the hour and a half episode. Yep. So number I think one, we're in the same boat here. That's why I'm so interested. Yeah. So 30 minutes. Second thing that he said was have like two to three key points that they're going to take away. So what's the three things they're going to really take away? Because what I've noticed is that people don't want to, they can't take away or learn more than that. Mm-hmm. And then third would be like, what's the story arc? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's like, all right, this person lost a bunch of money. Here's how he's gotten back. And now he's finally like recovered. And like, here's how his life is so much greater. Um, I think there's things like that. There's other, one thing I was like mic quality, shit like that. Like you guys are already taking care of that. Uh, but yeah, basically that, Another thing we talked about in the episode, signposting. So as you're doing the different segments, it's like, if you ever listen to NPR, you'll notice this now. They do signposts, which is, but wait, the next thing was even crazier. Yeah. And so they'd done that. Um, yeah, that's probably the main things that I've taken right. away from it. I'd say the, like, overall, uh, the most thing, if I had to, like, summarize all of it, was that go and revisit your work. Right. That was one thing I didn't do. So I would do this work, like, even if you're training for anything or you're doing a podcast or doing a business, you just do it and then you just, like, don't ever look at it again. Sure. He's like, no, let's go look at it again and again and again. Which so, kind of sucks. It does suck. It's the worst yeah, part. That's but, a weird feeling to like watch yourself, listen to yourself. Yeah. But I mean, when you're training, you're doing the same thing. You're like, all right, what did I do wrong on this ride? And I think yeah. the more that people can try to get more feedback or do debriefs about whatever they're doing in their life. And that's what we did on the podcast. Um, I started noticing like, when do I do shitty questions? Yeah. So I'd start, I basically use trent.com, which is like 12 bucks an hour or, um, and I get transcripts and now I just bold whatever I think is interesting. And so then it keeps helping me improve. How do I make the uh, the interviews and the podcast better in the future? Right. Yeah. No, there's, there, there's, the, the, I, I hear you. I, I mean, I think we're in a similar place there. And just, but it's so funny too, because you see like an exception, like Rogan, who like sits around for three hours. And I love Joe and, and went on a show and, and hit him up for advice all the time. But he just kind of sits there and, and just sort of shoots the shit. And, 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 and by the way, too, like those, like, I don't know any of those guests <laughs> i don't that's true i'm like he's like today we have the power and i'm like who the fuck is that i'm like googling this person oh it's some okay. anyways it's like but he has this yeah. moment you know this following that he's he's built over years and but then you see other guys that are that are that have really gotten slick with the production and pulling out certain pieces and 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 uh, taking advantage of those, especially if it's on video, so taking advantage of that video, pushing it out, just somebody a little 30-second soundbite where somebody says something just outrageous. I mean, that's really kind of all you need. I think that's what we can do. We can just talk this show and just have, like, whatever you ask me, I'll just go the most, like, insane thing possible. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we can't talk about the, the whole shrinking testicle thing no. that you talked about. We won't use that. That's we won't use... Good. It's getting uh, cut out. Yeah. But... I think the other thing Joe's done, which is interesting, is uh, and Tim has done it really well too, is that how do you go cross like uh, cross markets? So if you're appealing to a marketing audience, which is yeah. good, Tim is like, how do I go to a fitness audience? Yeah. And now how do I take that fitness audience to a food audience? So it expanded his amount of circles that he had influence in. Uh, and I think the other thing that they've done well is they go to new new mediums. So if you look at Joe, like he was on what Talk Soup, which I love that show. If you ever watched that back yeah. there, it was a TV show. But he did that, and then he's got he's on the TV platform. And I think. Uh, there's something interesting about what, how large is the platform you're on, right? Like if you're on TV, like that's millions and millions of people. So it's easy for them to go to your podcast. There's podcasters, it's a smaller audience that's going right. to listen to it. So how do you drive them from other mediums that have larger viewerships? Yeah. No, because in the day people thought TV was, that was as big as you could get. That's as, that's the most people you could reach. That was, you know, but I, I, I think that is changing. Yeah, big I, time. Yeah, thank God. What do you mean? Well, I, I'm I'm not bummed that 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 we now have more than three options for network television, and we have cable, and we have YouTube, and we have Netflix, and we have all these things. Like I think that's a good that we have iTunes. We can you can, we could 
put this podcast anywhere. Like, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting if you think about the, the two things that have happened media-wise is that the, the power has been flipped. Mm. It used to be like, here's the one-way street, you're taking it. And now it's like, actually, the power is in our hands. Right. Uh, but I'd say for the future generations, which I'm very concerned about, is that because there's so many things vying for our attention, like, how do you actually take back control of your time and what you do? Now we're so, we're fucking addicted to the 15 seconds. Uh, and so I think anyone who can have a focus span of like a minute or longer will probably be very successful in life. There you go, people. That's your takeaway. Pay attention for more than one minute. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds pretty stupid. But I, no, I mean. No, it's true, though. I mean, and you see it with kids. Like, I see it with my, my kids are, we were, we were in Corpus for this game. And my, my, they have twin daughters. They were there. And they had a friend. And I walked in, and they were all laying in one bed. And they, were, and they had their phones just, like, up to their face. I'm like, yo, you guys having fun? And they're like, we're having a blast. <laughs> I'm like, we're on the beach in this cool house. You're laying in bed on a beautiful day with an iPhone six inches from, and they were having a blast. I'm like, this shit's, something's wrong here. Yeah, I agree. I know on my phone, I don't do email. I don't have Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't do any of that stuff. I turn off notifications. Um, I don't know. I just want to be present. Yeah. I'm like, it's, someone said this to me. I don't know if you said it, but someone said it. It's like, we used to uh, go online to meet people and now we go offline to meet people. Uh, it's like oh i need to be free i need to get offline which is kind of a crazy thought that yeah. used to be the way the reason we did all this internet stuff huh right on Noah, thanks for doing this man thank you for having me yeah cool. and all the part two of all these other things you were hammering yeah on, oh we'll, man we'll answer on your podcast so the listeners can stay tuned what do you call what is it called your podcast called? noah kagan presents there you go people all right thanks for coming thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like, uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please, God knows I need suggestions, um, or questions, or concerns, or criticisms, or whatever, let me know. Send me an email. Send it to theforwardpodcast at wedosport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. The forward podcast at we do w-e-d-u sport singular dot com the forward podcast at we do sport dot com 